So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. Just hit record too. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Feature Creep: Colon Built-in Microwave Semicolon. Um, working title: Con City. Con City. I mean, that's what or Descent Magazine called it. But uh, another um, uh, another DIY city megalomania. Yeah, I was gonna say like another uh, steaming pile of like tech bro bullshit. <laughs> There's so much of it lately. It's yeah. just neck deep, neck deep. Uh, um so yeah i i wanted to tell you about this because we've talked about neom also yeah. known as the line and like completely eviscerated the entire concept on this podcast um uh, don't leave out <laughs> charlie munger and charlie munger who we've talked about charlie munger the architectural menace who the architectural I was, menace. <laughs> yeah i was reading his i was yeah. reading something by him the other day it was a statement that i didn't entirely disagree with and he's like you know greed is stupid like don't be greedy because it just you take your focus off of the prize you know what i mean like, like the, the more important things like me having all this money and doing what i feel like with it <laughs> Right. Well, and he was basically like, what did he say? He, Charlie Munger said something about envy being like uh, silly or a waste of time. Let's see if I can find it. Yeah. Um, well, um, I while you're looking for it, uh, uh, basically what we're what we're getting at, what this this particular podcast is going to be about, is about um, this sort of this tendency, this tendency, but also rash of yeah, this rash of these like. Um, people with a lot of money pushing to create these like large projects that um, they believe to be like solutions for problems that they believe are, are don't problems. understand at all. Yeah. Right. Don't understand at all. Um, yeah. And Charlie Munger's was like, Charlie Munger is partners with Warren Buffett in Berkshire Hathaway and they've made scads of money yep. uh, in actually very like informed and rigorous and intelligent ways. Like they're not doing it by accident, but that doesn't qualify Charlie Munger, who's 98 years old and a billionaire by trading on the stock market to like commentate or plan or architect a, a literal building which and the, which we talked about on this podcast yes. charlie munger wants to build a dorm that's like most assuredly a death trap and will probably never ever get made but they're taking his money while he's still alive and promising him that it'll get built so anyway billionaire charlie uh says he's never cared about comparing his riches to the money of others and i'm pulling this quote from cnbc.com from mm -hmm. the 10th of december they did a little story on him charlie munger says the world is driven by envy and not greed and he says his motivation in accumulating wealth has always been about securing independence the freedom to do what he wishes and uh the uh, if like less people were envious more shit would get done right um he has 2.2 billion dollars he says it's easy to become envious because no matter what you have somebody else will always have more and he he talks about how like envy and jealousy are pointless in business. And then I think about the fact that like, well, aren't you just envious of architects then? Yeah. Also this, this I think smacks of this like completely out of touch um, thing that happens. I think with um, I, I grew up in a, you know, like adjacent to quite rich families and communities. Yeah. And, 
Um, and one thing that seems to be universally true is like um, most people who end up with either being born into the money or have like, you know, the luck of having like quite a lot of money early on, um, they just, it, it's never enough. Right. Like you could have millions of dollars and literally never have to work again and be quite secure and financially independent, but they don't feel financially independent because the people just above them are spending and flexing that power at such a level that they're that they still feel like they don't like they can't you know they can't go on that mm -hmm. they can't go on the superman vacation where they fly their jet plane you know their individual yeah. jet planes into the ocean and eject and land on a fucking ship and do all the fucking whatever and like you know just wasting millions of dollars on this like unique special snowflake experience and right. um you know that's really just kind of bullshit but um, or, you know, have to have like one more fucking, you know, Bugatti or whatever in their garage that, you know, that shit where it's like keeping like the problem is like that keeping up with the Joneses like scales infinitely. Right. right. And so right. and if you're not familiar with that idiom, keeping up with the Joneses is like it's it's a very like I would say U.S. centric thing. Right. Like mm -hmm. everybody has their like, you know, their two their two car garage and their one point five or two and a half children and one and a half dogs, cats, whatever. Anyway. Right. But. Keeping up with the Joneses is the idea that like, you know, there you are, you're set, everything's good. But right next door, your neighbor gets a jet ski. Now you have to have a jet ski, right? I don't even like jet skis, but I no, have to but have, I have one. to have one, right? Or they have right. like, you know, they got the latest model of lawnmower and mine's like two years old, old now. And now I need to get a new one. And that that is something that um, for sure, Western marketing is like praise on like its core tenant. Right like totally you know the tech world works this way it's like you know every iphone iteration is a keep up keeping up with the joneses iteration right it's like oh but yes. you need to have this one because it's got one extra camera lens or it has you know it's 1.6 millimeters wider or thinner or you know more you know superlative right um anyway so uh, yeah, uh, that, so he, that scales into the tech world. And what yes. bothers me about this is like he's saying this like it, like the the people that this actually applies to his quote is like a handful of other billionaires. Right. It's like <laughs> right. the rest of us are like we would love to have that level of financial freedom and yeah. independence that that you could poop in the toilet amounts of money that could change somebody's life. And you're talking uh -huh. about this where it's like. Tomorrow, you could set like four people up for life so that they could mm -hmm. never worry about health and food and shelter and go do all the things you say they should be doing. Right. Like not being jealous of other people and just getting on with their lives and like, you know, where's that? Yeah. I mean, that's my problem with all the fucking billionaires. It's like you're, you know, like a million dollars might be the total cap earnings for some families for right. their entire lifetime. Yeah. Uh, and like they're totally out of touch. I mean, like to your point, yeah. the later in this article, he says envy is simply built into the nature of things. And I'm uh -huh. like, well, the nature of things is like this giant system set up to support like white male supremacy. <laughs> yes. So like right. if you're saying it's the nature of things in terms of like capital and nature and natural hierarchies, which yeah. white guys love to cite all of the time as like right. evidence that they deserve what they've gotten. Um, he says he can't understand why people today aren't more content with what they have, especially compared to hard times previous generations endured. 
which generations you might ask well charlie will tell you his generation uh-huh. he himself lived through the great depression and cited poorer living conditions and shorter lifespans as far back as the 1800s as examples of how far humanity has come and then says the fact that everybody's five times better off than they used to be they take that for granted all they think about is somebody else has more now and it's not fair mm-hmm. says the billionaire right Fuck off, Charlie Munger. Anyway, so people like Charlie Munger love to amass all of this like power or wealth or wealth is power, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. And they love to like pledge these outlandish um, projects and they're like they're never going to get built. Like we said, the dorm that Charlie Munger wants to build literally cannot be built. Right. I mean... physically you could do it, but people will not survive existing in it. It's a death trap the way that it's constructed in a bunch of like actual legitimate architects who Charlie Munger for sure doesn't envy in any way (laughs) uh, have like quit over it and been like, I'm not fucking having anything to do with this project because it's a nightmare. So uh, like people like Charlie Munger want to get on these projects. The other one we talked about being Neom in Saudi Arabia, right? Which is this, the line that solves um, the, What was it? The um, the limitation of cities living on a flat plane by building <laughs> yes. up, but then reducing the other dimension to a straight line so that we still only have the two dimensions. Right. But now it's on its side. So really what we've done is just right. relocate the direction of gravity to your living ex- existence. Right. <clears throat> so, and, uh, so like your life is much more like... One direction of travel is all downhill and the other direction of travel is all uphill all the time. Right. And and if they do build this thing, it's yeah. made out of glass and it's in the hottest place on the yes. planet. Yes. So, you know, everybody inside is going to fry. Uh-huh. Um, so the Neom thing, the line yes. city, <clears throat> that's another example of like total megalomania. Mm-hmm. And it's more about the craziness of the people who are projecting this project into reality right. than it is about th- any serious contemplation of the project itself, right? Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about this and then I came across yet another one. Uh-huh. Because I would bet you <clears throat> around the planet, how much you want to bet me there's like a hundred of these fucking things because there's like a hundred grifters uh-huh. in the right place at the right time to take advantage of everybody's like, I want to be futuristic. Mm-hmm. And so the newest one that I came across <clears throat> is um, referred to as Con City by Descent Magazine, which I really enjoy. Yeah. And um, that's where I came across the the initial story. And so that's where I'm going to start telling you about this. Yes, please. Um, so it's it's going to be called hypothetically the proposal is that it's going to be called Acon City and you're like well why would anybody call it Acon City what does that mean well Acon City would be named after a person or rather a person's stage name Acon and you may recognize that name because <clears throat> this person is a Senegalese American R&B singer who like had some one hit wonders in the early 2000s. I'm not even sure what those are because this article doesn't even think it's important enough to his <laughs> fame to mention what he got famous for over right. 20 years ago. Right. So um, this guy though, because he's Senegalese American is proposing that um, this city of his, <clears throat> his fantasy city, Akon city self self-named yeah. um, eponymous city is uh, is a project that the country of Kenya should build. Yeah. And it's 
Uh, it's supposedly going to be a $6 billion city. <clears throat> and I'm like, you can't even build a skyscraper for $6 billion. Right. Like the materials alone don't whatever. So anyway, he's going to build this $6 billion city. Um, it's going to bring all kinds of tourism and jobs. And uh, like, it's going to, uh, I'll just read you the quote because it's too hard to summarize what they claim all yeah. the things it's going to do. <clears throat> Akon City <clears throat> is a Senegal rivalry futuristic development to become the beacon of innovation and human development by providing the best education solution, comma, to lead the economy of the country creating the most revolutionary industry, comma, rewarding Senegalese hard work for making Senegal the leading country in technology, innovation, and natural resources best used by providing the best housing with at most futuristic design, comforting the daily life with mixed use of entertainment and services for all types of residential buildings, in parentheses, social, middle class, and high end, period. Right. So now that you know exactly what the city's about, <laughs> um, the the planned proposal was uh, subge- suggested a couple of years ago, and since then, absolutely nothing has happened. <laughs> um, in this article, yeah. they also draw a comparison to the Neom project uh-huh. near the Red Sea, and Akon... The person, not the city, claimed that the city, Akon, would be like a real life Wakanda and was playing off like the concept of a futuristic, like ethno state, a black ethno state, um, like in the movie Black Panther. It's supposed to <clears throat> sort of like have an Afrofuturistic theme. Mm-hmm. Um, it's supposed to be like a super amazing tourist destination. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was like, this sounds absolutely batshit. Like, how uh, how would this ever come to be? It, it sounds completely... Like, it's it's short on details compared to some of the other ridiculous cities we've talked about, right? Right. And to be fair, some of those are pretty short on details <laughs> as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> or practical um, solutions to, like, real-world problems. Yeah. So this one kind of petered out and it hasn't gone anywhere, probably because they were thinking kind of too small about it to begin with. Like I said, six billion dollars is a lot of fucking money, but not when you're talking about like building a city that doesn't exist in any form and for which there's no infrastructure in the middle of like nowhere. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so as I'm reading down in this article, um, they also talk about how the continent of Africa has seen a number of these weird proposals for these fancy future cities. Yeah. Um, they talk about uh, uh, Kanza City, mm-hmm. which was a city that was proposed and developed by the Kenyan government um, with the consulting, the American consulting firm, McKinsey. Yeah. And like, if you know anything about McKinsey, you know that they have their fingers in every fucked up situation that has existed <laughs> since McKinsey became a firm. Like any global fuck up, they're like, oh, we're tied to that either directly or tertiarily or something. Mm-hmm. So like, um, like all of the tech scammers come out of McKinsey and like a bunch yeah. of people who work in government come out of McKinsey and like they all go in as these idealistic kids and McKinsey's like, oh yeah, you want, she's the world, come work with us. And then they're like, you end up working on shit like fucking Kanza uh-huh. uh, City. That's like a smart city pitched to quote, a social stratum in dire need of real economic and social development. Mm-hmm. 
so they talk about how like technology is going to solve all of the problems of like inequality and <clears throat> modern living and global climate change and we're all going to fry to death and like all this stuff. And they're talking about building these places where the average worker earns like 150 bucks a month. Right, right. So, uh, so like if it were possible to build a city for six billion dollars yeah. like a con city the way you would finance that is by making the people who live there do it for free right. Right. like anyone right. who's already in situ is going to be recruited uh-huh. probably against their will to some extent coerced into working for this just like you saw with like them building the infrastructure for the world cup and yeah. Qatar or yeah. like wherever like <clears throat> you can't charge billionaires billions of dollars to live there but have it cost nothing to make right. and yet be impressive enough that a billionaire would want to live there or mm-hmm. at least dump their ill-gotten money into the, you know, physical right. manifestation of that in a legal way. Right. So, like, I was just thinking, like, there's all of these people and all of these scam artists that are like, like they say down in this article, <clears throat> um, Uganda is opposed to the possibility of having something like Akon City as a counterpart to the the Senegalese option um, because they say it's never going to get built. The cities are more little more than branding initiatives, quote unquote, for vanity projects. You know, and yeah. I think the annoying thing is it's like it's a huge waste of time and probably money as well. Yeah. Also, <clears throat> like these projects end up leaving these weird resource artifacts in the middle of nowhere. So like, yeah, so right, this one is right. not as bad as um, the line, uh, which it, you can see being constructed from space now. Like yeah. I have seen photographs of it. And what, when I say constructed, I, I mean, they've dug a big trench in the desert. Like they're not actually building anything yet. They're just digging a hole, a very straight, long hole. <laughs> right. Right. And, so, they're, and they're displacing people like there were some people who lived in that area in the area in Saudi Arabia of Neom and they were yeah. like hey you need to move because we're building this ridiculous city that's not actually going to get built and we're going to bulldoze a bunch of shit where you live and they're like no and they're like okay then you get to die so okay so just some like practical things that I've just been looking up while we're talking about this so great as you I'll just do a little recap um, as I understand it correct me if I'm wrong um, we're talking about this Kanza Technopolis or Kanza Technology City. That's the one in Kenya, yeah. And um, and we're talking about uh, Akon City because uh, this is this guy Akon, or uh, as he was born, um, Aluane, Aliana. Uh, so his first name is Alion. I think yeah, Alion A A L I A U N E. And then um, last name Tiam, T H I A M. Yeah, think. Um, and his pseudonym is Akon. That's his like rap name. Yeah. So, um, so he's like, hey, great, let's build a city. Let's uh, do all these cool things. And um, so, where it is is uh, the location, the building site is near Nairobi, Kenya. So it's about, and I'm looking at the map now. It's about an hour and thirty minute drive um, from the city center of Nairobi. The Kanza Technology City? Yes. Yeah. And um, you can see if you go, so if you go to the um, Wikipedia article uh, titled Kanza Technopolis mm-hmm. as of uh, December 30th, 2022, 
uh, just for citation purposes, uh, they give the coordinates there and you can click on them and then you can kind of pull it up in Google Maps or your favorite mapping viewing stuff. So right. um, looking at this and getting directions, like say if I lived in Nairobi and I wanted to go visit this place, um, it's about it says it's about an hour and 30 minute drive and also that this route has tolls. So again, mm -hmm. we're talking about um, a place where the average income is about $140 a month. Yep. Um, if I understand that correctly, I don't see any way for me to get a sense of like how much those toll roads are, but I have to imagine that on $140 a month, um, taking an hour and a half drive for, you know, tourism or any of these like media entertainment things is, is burdensome. Cost potentially. prohibitive. Cost, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but, but I don't know. Uh, but yeah. my point is just like it's yet again built in the middle of nowhere, which I understand why this happens because somebody's like, hey, I'm going to build this thing. And then they're like, oh, land is super cheap. And the next thing they know, they're like, I can buy here and do this thing. And there's no right. sense of like I, I don't get any sense of any like consideration of um you know, placing it in a location that's like particularly like resource heavy for the things that they plan to do there. But right. I could be wrong. Um, but my point was like, like the line, what ends up happening when these projects fail is that it's these like, these like unfinished structures, right? So right. there might be like one building that like has everything done except the plumbing doesn't work because there's no fucking like, you know, pipes. yeah, there's no like central resource right. for the pipes to go anywhere. <laughs> so it's like you can like this beautiful building and you can't fucking take a shit in it because it's just going to back up a mm -hmm. sewer line that doesn't go anywhere. Right. <laughs> right. And, you know, and that's, that, that's one of the things that like looking at this, I'm like, well, Based on the site, like this is a very rural community, so I have no idea what their, um, you know, what the capacity is for things like electricity and you know shared services like sewer and water. Um, it yeah. looks pretty rural. It looks like kind of farmland around it. Um, mm -hmm. I don't see any major bodies of water very close. Um, it looks like you, yeah. is it is this the Konza Technopolis that you're talking about? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, so I'm, I'm on the Konzik Technopolis website itself, like the actual commercial site that's like, Hey, we're building this thing. Yeah. And I'm looking at probably the exact same thing that you are. It's like a, it's for all intents and purposes, like a dirt field. Yes. Yeah. There's nothing else there. They're starting from scratch. There is no infrastructure to build off of. They're not tacking onto an existing, like or expanding an existing uh, development. Like there's no, there's nothing. Yeah. And there's nothing out there. And like the main road, um, the main road is from the satellite images, like the highway that it's sort of connected to, mm -hmm. um, looks like probably paved it's a like a single like a two lane like one going one way and one, one going way the other. yeah i forget if that counts as a one lane or a two lane but um depending on direction but you know single lane of travel single lane of directional travel uh with with basically just like dirt exits as far as i can tell um and then just yeah. dirt roads and and some of it looks paved ish uh -huh. Um, like they've paved out some roads into this like grid land. And I'm wondering if this was, um, you know, at some point, uh, like something else might've been there or something. But, um, I mean, it, according to the Google image imagery, 
Um, it looks like these roads are paved and then sort of like there's quite a lot of like dirt and stuff that's kind of yeah. um, still being cleaned up. But um, but there is a building called the Kanza Technopolis Development Authority that looks like it's maybe covered in solar panels, but I don't know. So is that the equivalent of like when you go into a fucking suburban housing it's like development. The planning office. It's like the planning office where yeah. you're, you can choose from one of three identical houses. Yeah. So I here's some some things that I I appreciate about this compared to mm-hmm. some of the other insane shit that we've seen. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is that um, this does seem like the most feasible so far. Yeah. So some things that I appreciate about this is that uh, there's not one super mega structure that seems insane. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like the line like the line uh or just like you know a death trap of a fucking you know dormitory um, right there doesn't seem to be like it, it doesn't it, there's not like one unqualified person being like hey i'm gonna design all of the buildings and the layout in this way so yeah. that it can never possibly succeed so like con city like con city yeah <laughs> um so that's kind of cool, but yeah. But again, like the biggest thing I see is that there's no population around here. Right, um, it's right. rural. Not so, that. Not that you know. Sorry, go on. Yeah. Y- yeah. No, but that's the whole thing. Like you're gonna make everybody move to the middle of nowhere with no surrounding supporting infrastructure. No, there's no nothing out there. Like it's so hard to do that. It causes so much increase in cost and and it's more wasteful because you're having to haul shit out there. You're not self-sufficient out there. Nobody's growing their own shit out there. They're going to have to import everything. <laughs> right. Now, there is there is some like farmland nearby, but I have no idea what it's used for or whether that would potentially support be. the city. Yeah. There's also yeah. a smaller town that um, looks like it's kind of got like a main thoroughfare called... Uh, Malali town. Okay. Um and but looking at it, I, I don't me, know. Like Yeah. Let me send you I'm gonna send you the link to yeah. the official Kenyan website for Kanza City. Okay. And they on the on this website they say Kanza Technopolis is a key flagship project of Kenya's Vision 2030 economic development portfolio. So like this is not a town that they're building because people are like we need places to live. Yeah. This is a town that they're building specifically for profit generation. That's the idea here. This is part of an economic plan so to make money. <laughs> I I'm actually very there's something about this that um an angle on this that I'm actually very interested in and this is this comes from a place of like ignorance and you know fucking middle middle-aged white man privilege of like just not knowing culture that well but yeah um i you know i'm not very familiar with like kenyan culture in particular i believe that kenya like the the thing i know about kenya and i don't even know if this is true anymore is that they drive on the left side of the road like england Ah. or at least they used to um, mm-hmm. I think it was like England, Japan, and like a couple other countries. Um, and Kenya always like stuck in my mind. I don't know if that's still true, but um, but sorry, long winded way yeah. of saying um, <laughs> what I think might be interesting is like I don't I don't know anything about 
uh, Akon or his understanding or like relationship with like Kenyan culture and like how no, he's Senegalese right he's Senegalese but, but what I mean is like I don't know that he knows anything about the Kenyan people either um, no but Akon's city is a Senegalese city and Kenya's city is a Kenyan city and the two of them are not the same thing Oh, I, but I thought... Um, Akon City is supposed to be built and named after him in for $6 billion in Senegal. And oh, in the, Senegal and not the, in uh, it's The just Konza Technology to, Center is the Konza City that's close to Nairobi. I see. Oh, wait. Konza Technopolis is different, is, than, is different than Akon City. Oh, I thought they, they were... They are two the, totally different things. Oh, Akon City is in Senegal and it's totally like supposed to be this entertainment center and like people will live there, but it's only going to cost six billion dollars to build and it's middle of fucking nowhere. And uh, it's never going to get built because it looks like a bunch of giant dicks sticking up out of the desert, literally. And that's what they say it's supposed to look like. And it's completely impractical. And there's like a field and a plaque in the field and it says this is the future site of Akon City and nobody's doing shit with it and hasn't done for two years since they stuck the plaque oh, out in the field. How the fuck and and I get on this I'm that, because, no wonder I'm like this might work because they're all interrelated <laughs> because they're all interrelated yeah not unlike Akon City is Konza Technopolis and Konza Technopolis is Kenya's version of the same sort of thing uh, much like the line is Saudi Arabia's version of the sort of thing and Charlie Munger's dorm is the American version of the sort of thing uh, and so Konza okay, Technopolis yeah. is Konza Technopolis has gotten even further than the line or the or this right. ridiculous and so, like Senegalese okay. Akon City. So this makes more sense. And and I yes. get why that is, because looking at Kansas City, even though there's lots to be like, what the fuck are they doing? It's right. not it's at not the level crazy. of insanity. Okay. Yes. This makes For more sense. Okay. Right. And I think part of the reason is because Kenya's government is directly involved in making this shit happen. Like they're bound yes, and determined. That makes way more sense. Because yeah. now and so what I was trying to get at is it's like all of these things. Like, I don't often see, like, I maybe the reason I think maybe Kansas City might do well is, like, they're, they're supposedly elected government. I don't know much about Kenyan government and whether yeah. how corrupt they are or not. Um, right. You know, as opposed to the U.S. government, which we're, you know, this, the gold standard of non-corrupt, right? <laughs> oh, sorry. Right. Hard to say that with a straight face. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> give me all your money. Yeah, give me all your money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I won't send you to okay. jail. So so con uh sorry. Um Kanza City Kanza City is Kenyan. Yeah, yeah. And looking at that, the thing that strikes me is like you're you're building this city in or you're building this sort of collection and structure in a place where you you know ultimately like is if this is being built by the people in some capacity um mm-hmm. even with the you know financial influence that's going on with you know wherever they're getting the money from but um if the people involved are the people that live there and have a better understanding of how people live and think and feel in yeah. that part of the world i think that i'm very interested to see how this works because right because there's that like you know Anytime somebody plops down a bunch of fucking money in a place and says, hey, we're going to do this thing, the the people who actually live there are the ones that have to live with it. Right. And so how they interact with it and, you know, how much is influenced by like, say, so you've got like the Charlie Munger, like 
example of like his existing buildings basically having higher suicide rates than like the surrounding population suggesting yeah. that, you know, the living conditions are, you know, bad for your mental health, like right. that kind of thing versus like, you know, some of these other structures, if they ever fucking get built, like what are the people around them? How are they going to make them their own and how is it going to um, actually get used? Right. Because I, a lot of times you see these things and it's like, and I don't have great uh, like uh, references off the top of my head, but you see these things where it's like, someone's like, I'm going to build this great thing. And then, you know, two years later, it's like not being used at all for the purpose it's being built for because right. there was a total misalignment of need and problem. And so now yeah. people are like using fucking like, you know, basically it's the equivalent of like using like spoons for dinner knives because mm -hmm. that's the sharpest edge thing you can find. And there's right. no fucking dinner knives because nobody fucking bothered to think about how people actually eat their food. Or right. in this case, like people like, you know, living in like warehouse lofts because that's the only place that has a roof over their head. And what they really needed was living space, even though somebody's like, we're going to create industry here, or, you know, whatever right. the fuck it is. Yeah, um, and they're like, great. Well, this is now just a really unsuitable house, but it's a house nonetheless because right. there's no place else to shelter. Yeah, exactly. Because the actual needs were not ever considered, nor were people, right. you know, nor yeah. was their sense of like adaptation as time changes. Because that's the like other thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. Like, like the time today is like, oh, we need to build new industry. And two years later, it turns out that's entirely inviable. And now mm -hmm. really it's farming. And so everybody's fucking farming inside of warehouses or whatever. Well, right. And like the reason that we were so critical of the line in specific is yeah. because they are building an all glass building that's supposed to be like as tall as a skyscraper, but laying on its side yes. in the middle of a country where the projected daytime temperatures are going to be like 60 degrees centigrade. Right. Yeah. Like. like 20 years from now like you can't it's unlivable right there's and it, it <laughs> it's leverages, not going to succeed because it's unlivable it leverages like none of the the things we know which is like you know if you build underground you can leverage like the more stable temperatures down there like there's things right. you can do um you know and and the weird thing about that building too is that um, it creates this inside space that's going to be like the Impossible. Charlie Munger problem, right? It's like right. you're going to have these massive amounts of space that have no <clears throat> access to natural light. Mm -hmm. And so you're creating this artificial underground space right? at a huge cost. Right. It, it It's it's infeasible. Why? Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, the interesting thing that I found about about the Kansas city Kenyan project yeah. with the, the like Kenyan government sponsored website is they have all these stats on the front page, like $800 million committed to this project of this futuristic tech city in the middle of Kenya. Uh -huh. There's allegedly 68 parcels of land that they've already decided were going to be parcels that are available. And, and 53 parcels have been taken and then they list 22 parcels under discussion. That's all very vague and euphemistic. Like, uh -huh. we have parcels. They are available. Well, what does that fucking mean when you're talking about a dirt patch in an unsupported area of the uh, right, countryside? With, with, like, very little infrastructure. Yeah. So they talk about, like, they talk about, again, all of this stuff is being built kind of retrospectively. Like, I don't know much about city planning, and I'm sure that a lot of people could tell me a lot about it and I may get some things wrong here, but like, it's my understanding that cities kind of like evolve to meet the needs of the people at the time. Like things get built to address needs and the way that they're building this 
potential technological mecca mm-hmm. is like they're kind of coming from it from the backwards angle. Like they're building a place before they know who's going to live in it. And they're building things aspirationally in anticipation of what they want the needs of the people there to be or what they want the activities of the people there to be. So they're, they've got this highlighted section about technology. They've already decided that there are certain parcels of land that are going to be designated for research and development centers, outsourcing campuses, innovation parks, technology businesses, incubators, accelerator parks, business continuity centers. Like they're already thinking ahead. Like we want people to do these things. So we're going to play, build a place where they come to do these things as opposed to being like, wow, there's a lot of people who for natural reasons or like organic reasons have all arrived at a place. And now we need to build infrastructure to support the activities that they want to undertake. Right, right. So they're like, they're sort of predetermining what the life and the activity level of this city is going to be. Mm-hmm. And they're they're deciding ahead of time how much of it is going to be devoted to different activities like technology, education, or as an afterthought, commercial and residential. Right. And they talk about including general and affordable housing for people working and living in Konza Technopolis mm-hmm. and affordable housing for students. And so they've got like this really what looks like a gigantic fucking website. And I'm just wondering how much of this is like even realistic Mm -hmm. and how much of it is like just going to fall apart like these other plans because from a, from a point of origination, it's a non-starter regardless of how we talk about it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. um, Like they've got press releases, news and updates, downloads, like, uh, there's a picture of men in suits having a meeting and some golfing people from June of 2022. Mm-hmm. A lot of people standing around in like hard hats, you know what I mean? And I'm yeah. like, but in all of these spaces, like it ain't shit new here. Like these are just people in other spaces that already exist talking about hypotheticals. Like where's the actual, right? you know, so I'm looking, I'm looking now under master plan, right? Uh-huh. It's supposed to be planned as a mixed-use, high-density, walkable city that accommodates a diversity of programs and districts. And they want to avoid super blocks. They want to avoid uh, orienting it towards automobiles, so it's going to be maybe like a pedestrian city. Mm-hmm. Um, they want it to be urban and discourage sprawl. So they're basing it off of, like, they're cherry-picking stuff from other cities that have evolved naturally to accommodate the real world needs of people living in those cities. And they're like preordaining those bits and pieces into as being the right, right. Like, and what this, what strikes me about this and about like the built environment or the designed environment is that people tend to focus in on like, isolated variables and factors is like, well, this is the thing like uh, walkability is the thing. So this is going to be a walkable city and not a car city. Right. So that's the thing. That's what we're going to do. And they take these like isolated things that like exist in the world embedded in cultures and ways of doing things. And then they like distill them out of those embedded scenarios and just like insert them into these, these like blank tablet yeah, it's just projects out in the middle of nowhere. And it's like, well, how do you know anyone who's going to be there is actually going to 
need or want that at the time. And like I've, I've studied a little bit about like design of the built environment for like in cities and stuff. And you can design a city for like abstract concepts that you want to accommodate like efficiency of travel or you want to feature particular material materials and things like that. But how people end up using those things is not necessarily how you design for them. And so this city is going to be 100% preemptively designed for people with no way of knowing whether anyone's actually going to use any of those things the way that they've been designed and probably not because people generally don't like you can't anticipate all of the needs of a diverse population of people and design for one thing to solve for all of that. So I just even if they overcome the financial limitations, the geographical limitations, the climate limitations, the like logistical limitations, like all this stuff, right? Yeah. People still may not find a fully designed preemptive city functional in the slightest. Right. And that's, I mean, I, I think we're kind of talking about the same thing. Like it, it's like that, that problem of like, like deciding you know what the problem is, ignoring everything else and just right. putting down a solution that causes more problem. Yes. Yes. This is this is actually a podcast title that we have um I I may have to try and find it, but there's a podcast title that we came up with that's like basically like pro like it, it's basically saying it was like the solution the problem is the the problem is the solution is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. So anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I think that like this particular city, the, the Konza technology techno city, yes. the technopolis. Yes. Um, I mean, it's so funny that they're like, well, technology will solve all the problems of a city. So we're just going to build a tech city and then like the problems go away. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. Like, yes. it's so it just seems so short sighted to me, even though this one seems like the only one that has like a snowball's chance in hell of actually getting built. Yeah. No, it's nuts. And I would love to see, like, when I look at this website for the the Technopolis and they they make these claims like, oh, these parcels have already been spoken for and stuff. I'm like, by, yeah. who, by who? And <laughs> by I, who? Yes. <laughs> who? Who did this? Right. And I kind of, like, look and, like, on the main page of the, um, the Technopolis, like, they have all of these uh, logos across the bottom of, like, who our partners are. And one of them is the National Business League of Alabama. Why? I don't know. This is what I'm saying. Like, what the fuck? And like, you can't click on the logo to get taken to them. But it's like, yeah, the, the National Business League of Alabama is a subsidiary of the U.S. National Business League. Like, what the fuck are they doing in a Kenyan technopolis? Right. Like, they call it a global technology and innovation hub. Like, it's not a hub because people aren't already there. Yeah. Like people have oh, no reason God. for being there. Like, I I just they're uh, this damn cord. They're operating on this like if you build it they will come sort of thing. And mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, but not if it's like melting into the desert or no. like. Uh. It's so yeah. They have investment opportunities here. They have like why Konza? I'm gonna find out. I'm gonna find out right now why Konza. Okay. It represents a strategic opportunity to invest in the growth of the ICT sector in Kenya. That's why. Okay. Well, that's that's good. And you know, they're going to they're saying that commercial space for all of these uses that they're developing like life sciences and telecom. We're doing life sciences and education and telecom and and technology and a 
BPO slash ITES. I don't know what that means. Uh, they say like commercial space for these uses will be complemented by a diverse residential neighborhood, hotel and retail set of offerings, community facilities and other amenities. Like, are you just going to cherry pick who lives there? Yes. How do you know it's going to be diverse? I mean. And they're stressing short commute times, too, which like is something they don't talk about with the line because it's you're going to be traveling from one end of it to the <laughs> other for your entire life. Right. You can't. They can't talk about that. It's, <laughs> <laughs> not not something they can offer. So the benefit is it's sideways instead of standing upright. Right. So how do I get from the left to the right or the bottom to the top? What? So it's sideways though. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. I understand that, but how do I how do I get through it? <laughs> <laughs> they also apparently hear like because the uh, Kenyan government is somehow in charge of this, they have like special tax incentives and stuff for people to, to build there. And um, I guess they're like exempting all kinds of like things that they normally require people to do when they're building. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, they've done this in the United States too, that I'm aware of like Northern Minnesota was like, we need money. So we're just going to make it like super cheap for businesses to build and expand here, even yeah. though like nobody wants to. And, and we're going to create the desire to be here because the only incentive is that they don't have to pay taxes. And it's like, well, that doesn't help you very much in the long run. Right. Like that seems short sighted. So they talk about like, this technopolis being a smart city yeah so this is fucking nuts they're basically IOTing an entire city from from start right right it will be a smart city so a, a, a surveillance dystopian nightmare in other words yes it's it's i'm reading directly from konza.go.ke slash smart dash city yeah uh konza will be a smart city with an integrated urban information and communication technology ict network that Mm -hmm. supports delivery of connected urban services and allows for efficient management of those services on a large scale specifically they will integrate infrastructure services like transportation, utilities, public safety, and environment mm-hmm. with citizen services such as access and participation and city services such as information planning and development with business services such as supportive services for local commerce, which means that they are going to dictate and have their hands in every function of existence in the city, supposedly. They will gather data from smart devices and sensors embedded in the urban environment, such as roadways, buildings, and other assets. And then they will share that via smart communication system to be analyzed by software that delivers valuable information and digitally enhanced services to Konza's population. So the idea being like, well, if the roads over here are really congested, we will just respond to that by forcing everyone to go a different direction. Right. Like roadway sensors will monitor pedestrian and automobile traffic and adjust traffic light timing accordingly. So they plan ahead of time to control every fucking aspect of the existence of the people in this space. Like nothing will just happen. Everything will be deliberately controlled. It's so, you know, like so many of these solutions uh, smack to me of that, like that idea of like, um, so you and I, did a podcast a long time ago called uh how to do a thing so no one ever asks you to do it again <laughs> yes and i was listening to it last night uh with a friend of mine who'd come over because we were um hanging out and uh <laughs> and i 
and and they were like oh i really want to listen to your podcast and so we were like flipping through and i was like oh this is an oldie but a goodie and they were like great and they really enjoyed it but the um and i recommend it it's a little i've noticed the sound on it is like not great like my it's good but like it's um (laughs) as my friend described it she goes you have that that like like really like heavy npr quiet whisper voice going on pretty hard in that episode. <laughs> um, but anyway, my point was that um, all of these solutions sort of smack of the kind of like, let me tell you how to be the way I need you to be so that I'm happy. Right. Yes. And it's extreme very, control. Yeah. It's like, this sounds great if you're the one who has the control. Mm-hmm. Then everyone else will like... I complain to my partner about this all the time, like jokingly, right? Like when we yeah. go, if we want to go out to dinner and, um, or, you know, out to eat or something and like we have a hard time finding parking or something, or it's like really busy and we can't get a table cause we're just fucking walk-ins and we didn't plan ahead or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, and my complaint always goes like, I just wish that, um, you know, everybody would be busy at these places when I'm not coming because I want these places to get good business and be able to maintain a high level of standard that they can, Mm -hmm. you can do when you have good business, right? Right. Like when people come and eat at your place all the time, like you have a good income and you can maintain staff and you can maintain, um, you know, and you can run a business and it can be successful. And I want that, but I want it to be a slow hour when I show up. So no one else is around to fucking get in my way of being able to park at the front and walk in and sit down at my favorite table and be, you know, have, 100% 100% of the attention of the wait staff. Like like you know, and that's yeah. what all of these cities and these ideas like all of them feel that way. When I They're was like, a little We're kid, gonna, oh sorry, go on. Yeah. Yeah, when I was a little kid, I had this mug. Yeah. <laughs> like a, a coffee mug. Yeah. And it was like a, it came with like a meal from Burger King maybe or something and it yeah. was Garfield and Odie in a canoe. Okay, I kind of and the canoe wraps around the, the side whole, of the mug. Uh huh. Yeah. And there, what you see when you rotate the mug around is that Garfield's at one end and yes. Odie's at the opposite end of the canoe. Yeah. And they're both paddling in opposite directions. Yes. yes. And Garfield's thought bubble. Yes. Well, Odie has no thought bubble because Odie no. doesn't think. Right. But Garfield's thought bubble says, "I'm easy to get along with when things go my way." Yes. And I just think that these cities are like the exponential example of that type of thinking yeah like all these problems these problems with all these other cities the problems are that one person isn't dictating the lives of all of these fucking messy humans right right like Uh, it's (laughs) these would be problems if everybody would just do everything my way yeah this is why i think of all of the projects we've looked at the konza technopolis at least in some regards attempts to capture individual entities not necessarily individuals but like entities uh-huh. that then will take a parcel and then do what they want with it in right. some regard and yeah. this this is like a known i don't want to say super successful but this is a known thing that has worked in the past to some level i still mm-hmm. believe that like urban development is you know has a lot of problems like we have yeah. a huge amount of urban development in san diego and like housing costs are you know exponentially out of control like right. no one can afford to live here but right. um and a huge homeless population just like we have a huge, in a, yeah, yeah exactly that that is constantly being like disho- like displaced and pushed mm-hmm. around and treated like they're not humans and then right you know anyway um yeah yeah so this um 
the and, smart city oh and and, yeah. and and like at the heart of it that's like my biggest issue is it's like none of these things like take into account the vast array of the way different people live and how right. we might live together like if right. you so this, want to these cities say there's one right way to live it's the way the city is designed to be operated in and if you don't operate that yes. way the city will correct it's, you. <laughs> it's tech bro utopias, right? They're yeah. like, oh, hey, if everybody else wants to have a white picket fence, come live in white picket's fence city. Right. No one else is welcome. Not only right. are you not welcome, it'll just be impossible for you to live here. Right. Yes. Impossible to live in. That's where I'm going with this. Like, yeah. So it says like as a smart city, Konza will gather data from smart devices and sensors embedded in the urban environment, right? Yeah. So that means that like you're collecting data that's arbitrary data. Right. It's just facts about the ambient environment. And then someone's going to have to look at all of those points of data and be like, this doesn't fit with the plan. We <laughs> right. have to make adjustments. Right. But how can you do that for an entire city of people? Do you know how many minds it would take paying attention to things going awry and correcting for them in real time? Like you can't hire that many people. You'd need more than a one for one ratio of people mm -hmm. doing things to people monitoring those people to make them do the right things. Right. And so what that means, because that's that's impossible is that they're going to have to make the assessments of these arbitrary data points arbitrary as well right. so that like a thing will trigger a thing to be like oh this is outside of the acceptable range of like data points we need to do something in this tech city to like change the behavior of the inhabitants that are making the thing outside of the spec right, right. right. so like because you can't be i think they think that the points of interest are so isolated and so easily controlled for that they're attempting to do that. And I'm like, no, you're disregarding like 99% of the shit that goes on in a city. Right. Like there are going to be so many things that fall outside of the tolerances for these statistical ranges of acceptable behavior w compared to like how the city's built to be operated in that like you're going to end up with com with like non-stop accidental human violations of something a computer arbitrarily thinks is the right. the, the range nuts. of behavior that's acceptable yeah like how is that even gonna fucking work like this is going to cause so many more problems than it solves well i i believe that like none of these things are gonna i i think they're, not gonna, is, work, they're not gonna happen I, I think this is gonna be like um so when I went to um, college one time, I went several <laughs> times, but um, one of and the I'm, times I yeah, went, one yeah, of the times too, I was going to university, yeah, uh, they were at the time they were building, they'd built this new library and they were really proud of how there was um, an uh, like every single, like every single desk in the library and workspace had like multiple um ethernet jacks that you could plug okay. into because this wow. was this was like you know laptops but wi-fi was like almost unheard of right how how would that even work yeah and so um <laughs> and so like so we just didn't really have wi-fi like a couple you know there were a couple of people who kind of had it it was like pretty experimental um and so this entire building was like just outfitted with and and they had they were like in the pro they're like when i got there they're like they're almost ready like this summer they're gonna like we're you know some of them work but like not very many of them and then literally like like over the summer they just stopped hooking them up because they're like oh everybody's gonna use wi-fi and so it was like <laughs> this like 
every room had these jacks that just you know useless it's like right. like the fucking phone jacks that everybody has in their apartment like if you live in an yep. older building and yep. if you live in a new building don't have it all because like right who, which is going to be another problem someday mark my words yeah and so it's like it's funny because um there's this it, it, like to my mind like all of these things they're like oh this is gonna be great but then they build it at such a scale rather than having some kind of like more organic approach where it's like right. in the immediate like what are we going to do today how can yes. we like okay are we going to have it's do we need a place where people come together to do this kind of commerce or do this business great mm-hmm. what do we need to get that going today as soon as possible in a way that you can then expand from well, like, right. Do we need to build some like temporary warehousing buildings where people can start to set up shop and like start doing their things and then expand into new buildings and things like that? Mm-hmm. Or are we like, you know, renovating and building like a new city center around, you know, an existing population as opposed right. to like, I'm going to just put a city here. I mean, right. it's it's solving for a problem. It's, it's solving for a set of imaginary problems that yes. may not ever actually materialize. Right. Because those people might not exist. They don't exist. They don't exist. No one fucking exists. Like like the this is the thing. Like, like the line is kind of my favorite. Although there's many buildings like this, like it or structures like this. It's like not many, but it's the FTX of buildings. It's the FTX of buildings. It's like. They're it's the fucking like Charlie Munger dormitories. It's like yeah. it's like the wet dream of some like person who doesn't want to live there. Like Charlie Munger yeah. doesn't want to fucking live in one of his dorm rooms. No. He wants other people to live there so he can right. be like, look at this great efficiency of space that I've created. Yes, right. it's true. If you want to cram the most number of people into a building space, like building a you know, like a sphere or like a cube is for sure like efficient use of footprint per right. square foot right. but what the problem of course is like you've eschewed like all of the other major requirements that it takes to like have a like a healthy place to live like sunlight and oxygen like sunlight and oxygen exactly and a door to get out and it, yes exactly just yeah like i want to remind you too that like when people were like uh you're gonna cram eleven thousand people into a building with no windows and only one door like it's a fire trap it's a death trap people also are gonna get so depressed they're gonna like kill themselves by jumping off the top of the building and our charlie munker's solution is like we'll just build like a tall wall around the top of the building so people can't jump <laughs> yes, off it it's like problem solved right. it's like he doesn't care that his building is literally so depressing that it will kill human beings for it's living like, in it yeah but they won't be He's, jumping off my building they'll go jump off another building they'll have to wait in line to get out the front door and <laughs> then like, kill themselves yes. some other way <laughs> God. So yeah, like these just aren't actually designed like for anyone. Like you know, like when you when you like I was saying before, when you have a city that has like whatever, we built a fucking soccer stadium in St. Paul, right? Did we really need one? I don't know, but people seem to want one. And so consequentially, uh huh. A fucking stadium gets built. Yep. Nobody built a soccer stadium being like, I'm pretty sure we're going to convince some people that what they need is a stadium. I mean, actually, maybe they did do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's politics, yeah. right? right? But like, I, it, it, the most of the things that get built that actually serve people are built in service of people and their needs. Not like we want to make sure that people's needs are this. And so we're only designing for that to be the thing that we solve for in the future. Yeah. Like you're, they're just dictating what people's needs will be. 
Which doesn't work. Like, no. sorry, it's not how that actually works. Yeah. So, like, it's uh, this the the Kenyan Konza Technopolis to me is kind of maybe the most ironic of any of these buildings because it's the one that actually logistically has the best chance of being built, yeah. but may actually be the worst at solving people's needs once it's there. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> Fucking crazy. Like, I'm totally going to scour this Kenya government website for this project now because yes. I'm so intrigued. Like. Why is Alabama involved? Yes, that is a what? really weird, interesting question. Yeah, and like when you say that like 50 odd parcels are like spoken for, who yeah. has spoken for them and in what context? Like, right. is somebody like, yeah, what we totally need is some like weird super techie research and development center in Kenya. Yeah. Like maybe they do. Like I, I know that tons of money is being poured into the continent of Africa to develop technology and like all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And I, I like... I mean, the benefit of doing it from scratch and pouring a bunch of money in and starting from now instead of amending things that have already existed is that you can like you just press the fast forward button. You're not updating anything or dragging anything into the future with you. But none but of also, these feel like that's like none of these are scaled at a level where it's like it like, for instance, like Charlie Munger shit. Right. It's like if you actually want this built, just fucking if like scale it to the level where I can afford to do this and this is what I'm doing. Right. Like the same with the the Akon City, it's like uh, Akon's not the one who's financing the whole city, right? So why not just go build a building somewhere that does it? You know, that does some like like none of these things have that like proof of concept idea where it's like okay, right? Like I have this idea that I think would work. So mm -hmm. how can I build it in a way that is the least amount of impact to people and then we can test to see if it works and also it like minimizes risk of like you know waste of resources or completely like relocating and upending people's lives in order for mm -hmm. them to go do a thing that's never going to happen right like build you know you want to build a line build a fucking building in a downtown or like you know a large building that is a like a scale model of this in a way where it's like you yeah. know 20 people can live in apartments that well, have this level of fucking right. structure you know and see how it goes yeah. I think there's the there's a danger too with something on the project scale of like an entire city where yeah. like I, I I'm I'm reminded of like this project in Minneapolis, right? We expanded sideways from side to side the number of lanes in one of our major highways. Yeah. And the construction project took like four years and there was like a spaghetti junction involved where they rerouted a bunch of traffic and like mm -hmm. intersecting freeways had new ramps to each other and all this stuff. And it took them so long to think about, plan, get approval for, find the money, and then build this project. But that by the time it was done, it's already insufficient for the amount of traffic on it because they were right. planning for traffic from thirty fucking years ago when they started the conversation. Well, and part of so, the, I, like, like I think, this is the I you know I don't know if people are aware of this, but like expanding lanes doesn't solve the traffic problem. What it does is incentivize right. more people to get on the road. Right. Like, oh, there's all this more room for more cars to be here now. Oh, we have just an even bigger traffic jam now. Fantastic. Like we've so, reached the we've reached the peak where it's like there's never there's never going to be a wide enough road. Right. Because there's too many people that needs to be a different solution. Right. Like more people in a single vehicle or yes, trains exactly. or trains. something that's not a fucking road with cars on it. Yep. Um, but like I'm just reminded of this. And so I think like I can only imagine 
that in something on the scale of a from scratch city with shit, like they're thinking like we got to solve for every problem. So this is a contiguous whole that like functions internally within it's like reconciled within itself. Right. But that only works if you don't account for the people actually using the thing because the people have like free will. So that's going to go right the fuck out the window as soon as you put a person in there and say, hey, do whatever you want. Live your life. Oh, but immediately don't live it that way. (laughs) Right. Right. So like I can see how like if you were building something as big as a city to say nothing of a freeway you're gonna think like well we gotta make sure it's big enough so that by the time we're done building it it still has like enough for everybody and all this shit right which leads to grandiosity and it leads to an unwillingness to even get started until you've thought big enough Mm -hmm. and like i know that you and i have worked on projects together where you're like i get that you want to end up at like 600 but can we get to one or two first and everybody's like no i only want to talk about 600 and you're like you can't even take the first step towards 600 i don't even want to have this conversation like this is never going to happen we're having all these wasteful conversations about a fucking fantasy because you guys won't even do the thing that makes it get started right like so i i can't imagine that like human beings across the planet are so different that that is not an ever-present problem in a (laughs) project like this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like your logistics are fucked. There's no way this is going to work. Right. <laughs> you know what um you know what would solve all of these? What? Like hot air balloon launch pads clearly. The only thing missing from all of these futuristic technical technical cities yeah. is like the hot air balloons because everybody loves yeah. them and you know they yes. make everything okay. No, you're totally right. That is exactly what's missing. You know okay. um Speaking of balloonacy, and mm-hmm. and I do need to wrap up. We've yeah. um, the uh, I was talking to my partner last night, and uh, she mentioned she's like, oh, you know, it's kind of there's all those like insane people who do the like the like weather balloons in lawn chairs, and then like <laughs> yes. end up like killing themselves in the upper atmosphere or whatever. Right. And yeah. um, and I was like, oh, do you know what Meg calls that? She's like, what? balloonacy she'd never heard that before i was like oh so um anyway we do need to revisit balloonacy because i think we have um we have some more to say about it we have more to say about it but um anyway i i was gonna say that maybe a tip for living well in hell uh could revolve around um that quote from uh what's his name um that you read at the beginning of the podcast uh oh uh where was i from akon about being just being grateful for what you have and don't like let greed and oh charlie munger yeah charlie don't munger. be envious yeah. don't right. be envious so yeah. um yeah i mean i was just gonna say like a tip for living well and hell is for sure um you know like like don't listen to the fucking rich people and like fucking <laughs> you know like those people whatever they tell you that's not how they got rich right because if that worked then we'd all be rich. Then we'd all be rich. Yeah, exactly. So if you would like to have some contentment in your life, try to find some gratefulness for where you are in a personal mm-hmm. way, but don't let other people tell you you should be grateful. That's my right. take on it. Like, yes. don't be, you know, fuck those people. Like, it is an unfair society and it's fucked up. And if that makes you feel bad, like, me too. Mm-hmm. Um, I It makes me angry and it's upsetting and like, you know, and I'm not saying like, oh, we all have to fucking live in like some fucking like insane, um, you know, dystopian like uh, like commune or whatever, right. or communism. But where everybody like, gets exactly the same, right? Yeah, but nobody like, wants you that. know, think about you know, like 
it's just like that fucking golden rule, right? It's like if it might make you feel good if somebody else did this for you, why don't you do that for somebody else and see how it goes? Yeah. But even that, I'm always like, yeah, but the most important thing is to find out what they want. Right. Not like that's my like all of these projects like they come across as like I'm doing this for the masses. We're going to create all these jobs. Right. Fuck you. Nobody who you're doing it for you and you're not even going to be there. Where's this 10,000 people who are going to live in your city who are all screaming at you saying this is the best thing you could ever do for us. We really want this. Yeah. Nobody's lining up. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. I don't know. My tip for living <laughs> well in hell is to, you know, find some moderation of like self gratitude and self like soothing of being like, hey, you know, there are some things I can appreciate in my life, like appreciate the people that are great for you yeah. and the things that are working. And, you know, also, I get that stuff sucks. So, the, well, yeah. And like above a certain level. Yeah. Like all of this is just an enormous distraction from the fact that we're all going to die someday. Yeah. Like most of what we spend our time doing has nothing to do with our metabolic needs, our sleep needs or our other biological needs like right. food, shelter, water, clothing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like uh, all uh, anything beyond those basic needs being met is superfluous and mm-hmm. doesn't actually have to happen. And if you're hoarding that kind of thing to an extreme degree to the detriment <laughs> of other people, you're in the wrong you're in the wrong. Right. You don't deserve it. The issue of deserving doesn't ever come into it. Mm-hmm. You're you're just a biological organism like everybody else. And anything that you amass or accumulate between now and when you're dead, it, like that doesn't actually say anything about you morally necessarily. Right. It can, but it doesn't have to. And right. getting more doesn't mean you're better. Right. Right. And so if there's people who are like, your problem is you're poor, you should be skeptical of them especially if they're have more money than you do and they're bitching at you about it Uh (laughs) it's like oh really (laughs) probably the reason i don't have as much money as you is because of you yeah exactly because you you guys don't share fucking the worst yeah um one other thing we should talk about another podcast not today another podcast is the like absolute niagara of schadenfreude that we have both been experiencing 24 7 non-stop for several weeks now in the news cycle because yeah. more and more crypto shit bags keep getting in bigger and bigger trouble and i'm so happy about this i like yes i sit here on the couch with damon and i just read him listen to this other thing i heard listen to this other thing i heard yeah for once the 24-hour news cycle is working in my favor because i'm like just trickle me another detail give me one more detail just give me a detail i just want to know right it's so fucking great god it's so yeah it's also like it's very encouraging um it's it's like um this going on like the, the like the justice of you know the insane level of pyramid schemes that are just like being trotted out by these like yes. tech bro world and like how they're just like now like there is this is where i'm like okay like you know yes like we have a lot of fucked upness in u.s politics but the fact that some of this is able to like actually happen and people are getting prosecuted and um there's some sense of like fuck you guys you can't do this right um, is great um yeah i don't want to like get into the debate of like whether like after the fact punishment is a good way to like prevent things but um but it is the system we have and it is being applied in a way that makes me feel like it's like okay well not everybody's fucking above the law but um you know it's i don't know it's very frustrating because you know we live in this world where it's like you just see these like blatant like fucking trump dude like the guy just i you know 
it's just like his whole life is this long story of him just avoiding any kind of culpability in mm-hmm. any way to the mm-hmm. society that he is just continually shitting on. Right. Um. Anyway. Yeah. So, um. yeah, we'll talk about those guys because, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's unusual that so many people fall so hard. Yes. Yeah. At such. Yeah. So um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But yeah. uh, I don't know if we mentioned um, if this is your first podcast and somehow you made it all the way to the end of our <laughs> rambly rambliness. Um, we do like to hear from our listeners and we do have an email address and you can email Dana, our um, CEO. She'll get back to you or we'll get back to you or somehow we'll get in touch with you. But if you email D-A-N-A at FCBM.io or you just go to FCBM.io, that's where we have our contact information and you can send us emails and we'll we'll correspond with you if you have thoughts or ideas about this or other episodes or whatever. So totally. Yeah, that's the deal. Woo. Woo. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Thanks, everybody.